This is John Jackson Miller, and you're listening to the Star Wars Canon Podcast. May the Force be with you. We've got a packed episode for you this week. Dark Horse has unveiled its first two comic runs. Vanity Fair just dumped a massive article on us. Uh, and I'm answering your mailbag questions. The date is May 21st, 2022, and you're listening to episode 63 of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. There are stories about what happened. It's true. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Miller, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me to talk about our favorite thing in the world yet again, Star Wars. And I have got a massive, massive episode for you guys this week. Uh, I am running solo. Uh, Usuf was not able to join me this week, uh, and I'm actually getting a late start on recording this one. Usually we record on Thursday. This week I'm recording this on Saturday afternoon, so it's it's been hectic this past week for all of us, uh, and I'm really pushing it down to the wire here. So if this one is not out right at seven o'clock, I do apologize, uh, but I'm I'm doing my best to get this thing out as quickly as I can. And it doesn't help that it's such a massive episode, uh, so much to talk about. Uh, we got a hell of an article from Vanity Fair. I'm excited to dive into it. I'm not going to cover everything in the article. Because uh, you guys can go read it yourselves. There's a lot more there, but I did pull out some of the bullet points that I wanted to talk about. But before we get into all that, uh, thank you guys for joining me this week. I do appreciate it here at 1138 Productions. We do have a website, 1138productions.com. You guys can check out uh, everything that this channel puts out. The Marvel cast, this podcast, the Star Wars Canon podcast. 1138 Gaming can be found on there. Some Star Wars timelines, both canon and legends, can all be found on there. Uh, you'll also find uh, links to our Patreon on there. And if you guys want to show some love and help support the Star Wars Canon Podcast, the Marvel Cast, 1138 in general, uh, you guys can do so there. You guys will find, uh, as a thank you for your support, we've got full reactions to Book of Boba Fett on there. Uh, starting next week, it feels awesome to say that, starting next week we're going to have full reactions to the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, which debuts uh, next Friday, this coming Friday. Uh, very excited about that as well. So definitely head on over there, show us some love. We would definitely appreciate it. You can also find some free stuff on there. Uh, if you if you don't want to support, that's perfectly fine also. Uh, I We did put up the, I, I guess you could say it was my full reaction to the Star Wars Holiday Special a couple of months ago. We put that on there. So that is free of charge. You guys can go on there and suffer through that with me uh, as well. Uh, before we get into all of the... Uh, upcoming canon and new canon everything like that i want to let you guys know if you guys have been following 1138 gaming uh you guys know on mondays and wednesdays 7 p.m central time i hop on uh and right now we're working on a playthrough for assassin's creed brotherhood we're gonna end up doing the entire franchise 100 percent all the dlc everything like that we're on brotherhood at this point we've got we got done finishing uh we 100 percented assassin's creed 2 every trophy everything so uh we moved on to brotherhood you guys can find that here on the YouTube channel as well as 1138productions.com. Uh, but if you want to jump in while I'm live, you guys can do that on the YouTube channel. Uh, like I said, it's 7 p.m. 
on Mondays and Wednesdays. But the reason I'm bringing this up right now is in November, uh, on November 11th to be exact, which is Veterans Day in the U.S., uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a, a U.S. veteran. I was in the uh, in the United States Army. Uh, so this is something that kind of hits kind of close to, to, to home for me. On Veterans Day this year, I'm going to be sitting down and doing a 24-hour stream. Uh, I think YouTube has certain rules about how long you can stream for, and I think we're going to push it right up to that limit, and then we're going to take a short break and come right back. So we're going to be doing 24 hours worth of streams. Uh, whether that be 1138 Gaming, we can sit here and talk about Star Wars, we can sit here and talk about anything you guys want to talk about. Uh, but that's going to be a 24-hour stream. Now, during that stream, uh, we'll be taking donations in the form of Super Chats uh, and PayPal donations. And every single one of those donations, every penny of everything, will go towards uh, the raising awareness for and preventing veteran suicide. It's something that I'm very adamant about something that really hits close to home for me, something I've had to deal with uh, on, on, I mean, face-to-face. So uh, it's something that means a lot to me, and I'm really looking forward to doing this stream and, and trying to raise some money for that. During the stream now, so for those of you that don't know, uh, here at the Star Wars Canon Podcast, I keep up on all the canon material, all the Star Wars canon stuff. And up until about a year and a half ago, I was getting all of the novels on hardback um Hardback editions, Barnes & Noble editions, stuff like that. And I've got, I think I have a signed issue, a signed copy of one of the Thrawn Ascendancy novels. I don't remember which one it is. But, I, but I've got several hardback books. And during that stream, if you donate over a certain amount, you'll have your choice of whichever one of those books you want. We'll get your shipping information from you, and we will send that out as a massive thank you for donating towards this cause. Uh, and I, and I, don't, I don't know exactly how many I've got now because um, I'm getting them all on Kindle now, which is why I don't have a problem getting rid of the, the um, hardback books. And I want them to go to people who are going to appreciate them. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I don't know exactly how many I've got, but I'm just going to throw out a number just so I can kind of explain how this is going to work. Let's say I have 50 books. I know it's more than that, but let's say I have 50 books. We'll start the night with 50 books. If you donate, if you're the first person to donate over a certain amount, uh, you'll get your first choice of those 50 books, which one you want. And we'll write down, you know, who it's going to and everything like that. And then the next person will get to choose from the next 49 and the next person from the 48. So uh, it's, it, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think it's going to be a really great way to raise some money. And like I said, every single penny, I'm not keeping a penny of it, every single penny of that is going towards uh, raising awareness and combating uh, veteran suicide. We'll probably start it on, a, I think it's on a Friday night is when we start it. Uh, Veterans Day was on a Friday this year, so I believe we're going to start at about 7 p.m. Central Time, and uh, we'll just go all night and all day. And then that way, for me, for my sanity, when we're finished at the next 7 o'clock p.m. on Saturday night, I can just crash out, and I got all day Sunday to recover. So uh, I'm really looking forward to doing it. I really hope you guys will join me uh, for a little while while we're sitting down and playing video games, talking Star Wars, talking about anything. You know, massive q and I'll probably just set up a massive stream where I've got the PlayStation going through my encoding software. I can just sit in this chair for 24 hours. We can stream. I can hook up the game in stream, just start going. Um, I, we'll probably test run everything and get it all set up so that we can just do whatever you guys want to do, you know, for 24 hours. So wanted to throw that out there. There'll be more details coming in the coming months uh, once we start hammering out the details. I'll see if I can get some of the other guys to jump in some of the time. Uh, during that 24 hours and kind of hang out for a little while. Uh, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. I think it's it's going to be a lot of fun to do. So uh, 
I wanted to do it last year, uh, but by the time I thought about doing it, it was too late to promote or too late to tell anybody about it. Um, and, and I really wanted to make sure I had time to, to let everybody know about it. So I decided I was going to wait until this year to do it. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. So that is coming on November 11th. Mark your calendars. Uh, I would definitely appreciate if you guys would join me and help raise money for that cause. It's something, like I said, that means that means a lot to me. Uh, all right, so we got the heavy stuff out of the way. Uh, let's talk about some new canon this week. This week saw the release of two pieces of canon. Uh, I believe it was back on Wednesday. On the 18th, we saw Dr. Afro number 20 and Han Solo and Chewbacca number 2, both comic issues, uh, released this week. I have not read either of them yet. So the reason I haven't, I'm not really caught up on comics yet. If you guys are watching on YouTube right now, if you guys are watching the video version, you can see behind me I've got all these stacks of comics here that I'm working on. Uh, I haven't read any of the comics that are taking place between A New Hope, I'm sorry, between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi yet, uh, mainly because they did this massive crossover with War of the Bounty Hunters, which I finished, and now they're doing The Crimson Reign. So I'm wanting to wait until that entire crossover event is finished and then sit down and read it all chronologically and, and, and go through the story that way. So that's the reason I haven't read any of those yet. Uh, and I haven't read Han Solo and Chewbacca yet. I've got issue number one, uh, and I'm looking forward to to going through it as well. Uh, upcoming canon, this coming week, guys, no comic issues being released, but that's okay because on Friday next week, on May 27th, we are getting the first two episodes of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Finally, it's coming. We're six days away. I'm getting chills right now just thinking about it, uh, and, I'm, and I'm really, really excited for this series. For those of you that don't know, I'm not gonna because if it, I don't want to ruin anything for anybody that does that wants to go into it clean and fresh. So there was a, a clip that was released online. I don't remember what the name of the uh, show or the platform was. Please forgive me. I don't remember what that was. But there was a clip released from one of the episodes of Obi Wan of Obi Wan and Owen talking. And and I'm not gonna talk about what was said during it or anything like that. If you guys want to go in fresh, but. Uh, just based off this clip alone, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this show has to offer. It's really going to build on the character of Obi-Wan in a way that I don't think we've really seen before, which we'll talk about here in a little bit when we get into the uh, Vanity Fair article. There was some talk of the Obi-Wan series during that as well. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to this series. I can't wait. And, and you know, it, what blows my mind is, and I keep saying this, and I don't think anybody else has grasped this idea yet, uh, matter of fact, I got into an argument on Facebook the other day with somebody saying, no, it's happening over the course of five weeks. I'm like, you're right, it is. But the first half of the show is over the course of five days. We're getting the first half of Obi-Wan in less than a week, within less than a week. We're getting the first two episodes next Friday, this coming Friday, and then the following Wednesday we get the third episode. That's half the series right there, and then it follows on a weekly basis. So we're getting the entire Obi-Wan series over the course of 26 days, I think. That is it. Like, it's it's coming that fast. They're trying to say it's coming over the course of five weeks. No, it's more like three and a half. So uh, we're, we're getting that show really fast. It's going to be here and gone before we know it. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for this show. I can't wait to see what it has to offer. Go check out the clip. If you guys haven't, it's very easy to find. Just type in Obi-Wan exclusive clip on YouTube. You'll find it very easily. Uh, very, very cool clip. But I don't want to talk about it or ruin it for anybody here who wants to go in. Uh, with a clean slate, with, you know, blind, I guess I should say. So, uh, really looking forward to the Obi-Wan series, and I can't wait until next week when we can sit down and talk about it. 
Uh, I'm I'm really really excited for this. So uh, that is upcoming next week. Uh, so Dark Horse, for those of you who keep up on the news, you have heard that IDW is no longer going to be working on Star Wars comics. Star Wars Adventures is no longer happening anymore. Um, the High Republic Adventures, no more, and anything like that. All the IDW. I don't know what the story is behind it either. I don't know if they lost their license or what happened there. I have no idea if it was sales. I no idea. Uh, if it was sales, it wasn't my fault because I bought all of them. So, um, But those of you who have uh, been following for a while, you guys know I'm not. I wasn't real big on the IDW comics. They were okay. There was a couple issues here and there that I thought were really good. There was one issue of you know Luke training Ray on Octu during episode eight that we never saw in the film. That was a really cool issue. You know, there there were a little little diamonds within the the rough. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so to see them lose it. I'm not entirely heartbroken over it. I really did like the Tales from Vader's Castle runs, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes again. Uh, but I, for the most part, they were they were you know for children, which is nothing wrong with that. They just weren't for, they weren't my cup of tea. They weren't. I wasn't the target audience. You know what I mean? But as a canon junkie. I have to get everything canon. And now IDW is no longer working on Star Wars, and that license has now gone to Dark Horse. For those of you that don't know, Dark Horse was the big comic daddy for the last, like, 20, 20, 30 years, I think, 20 years, doing Star Wars comics. And they have done some of the greatest Star Wars comics I've ever seen. The difference now with Dark Horse doing it is back then, George Lucas wasn't, overseeing all of this stuff, all this legend stuff, right? He wasn't saying you have to do this with the story, you have to do this. Dark Horse was able to tell the stories they wanted to tell in the way they wanted to tell them, and they worked beautifully. Now, with the way Disney is doing Star Wars, they are in creative control like you wouldn't believe. So I'm still excited to see how Dark Horse is going to handle Star Wars comics, uh, and I'm anxious to kind of see how much different it's going to be from what it was. But as long as they still kind of, and, and we're going to talk about it here in a minute, they they still bring that kind of spirit that they did with the old comics into these new ones, I think it'll be just fine. Uh, but we got the first two comic runs uh, unveiled for us from Dark Horse, uh, the first two titles they're going to be coming out with. And they are, honestly, they are very IDW-ish, if, if you know what I'm saying. So the first comic run that's going to be coming out uh, is called Hyperspace Stories. And Hyperspace Stories is set to arrive this summer and will span all eras of the Star Wars timeline similar to how IDW Star Wars Adventures did. Every issue will be kind of a different time period bouncing all over the place. The difference between this kind of run and what Star Wars Adventures was uh, is that they're going to be connected somehow. We don't know how yet, but we, they are going to be connected somehow. Uh, the Lucasfilm Publishing creative director, Michael Siglin, I think is how you say his name, Siglane, I think is how you pronounce it, I don't know. Uh, he was quoted in saying, we are thrilled to be working with Dark Horse and with Cecil, Amanda, and Michael on hyperspace stories. Fans of all ages will be treated to action-packed, exciting, and emotional stories that just may be more connected than they seem. So, uh, those names that he threw out, Cecil, Amanda, and Michael, so... Uh, a lot of them have worked on Star Wars in the past. Michael uh, Morecki, I think is how you say his name, Moresi. I don't know how to pronounce his name. 
he was one of the writers on IDW's comics. So it's it's they're kind of to me it seems like they're still kind of doing the IDW thing with some of the IDW writers, but now they're like putting their ID you know Dark Horse is putting their spin on this. So I think this will be all right. This is basically to me a reboot of Star Wars Adventures is what this is going to be. And 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 there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you got to have content for the younger generations as well. It's cool. It's fine. I'm still looking forward to reading it. Uh, but that, to me, it does seem like they are just going to pick up the torch and just keep on going with Star Wars Adventures under a new name, kind of a rebooted series, I guess you could say, uh, and kind of with that Dark Horse signature look. You know what I mean? So uh, really looking forward to that. They also announced Tales from the Rancor Pit, uh, set to arrive in October of 2022, and will follow in the footsteps of IDW's foray into horror with Kevin Scott's Tales from Darth Vader, or Tales from Vader's Castle. Uh, so there it seems like Dark Horse is really trying to continue the traditions that IDW has set forth. Every October we get Tales from Vader's Castle, Return to Vader's Castle, Ghosts of Vader's Castle. You know, it's just like over and over and over again. It's Vader's Castle, Vader's Castle, Vader's Castle. Um, and, and it looks like they're going to be doing the same thing now, that same kind of thing. Uh, but with Tales from the Rancor Pit, which sounds really interesting to me. Uh, StarWars.com was quoted saying, Set amid a backdrop of a dark and stormy night on Tatooine in the dungeon of Jabba the Hutt, the creepy offering includes clanking droid ghosts, the chilling wampa caves of Hoth, and a monster hunt with Saber for Hire Ty York. Now, this that that tells me a lot of these stories will be bouncing all over the place. We've got High Republic, we've got, you know, we've got all these other things going on as well. And I'm looking forward to this. I'm assuming this is going to be a limited run. Since it's going to be a horror thing in October, I'm assuming it's going to be the whole month of October, probably five issues the way Tales of Vader's Castle always was. But I'm really looking forward to this. And and, and I, I just, yes, bring it on. And so, and I believe, if I remember right, I think I read on the article, Kevin Scott is writing this as well. Kevin Scott writes comics beautifully. He writes amazing stuff. So really looking forward to that run as well. Uh, but it does seem like the overall uh, vibe I'm getting is that Dark Horse is going to kind of be continuing on in the tradition and the path of what IDW is doing with Star Wars Adventures. Not necessarily a bad thing, but we'll we'll see how it goes. So, uh, looking forward to that. Mike Richardson, who is the Dark Horse CEO, was quoted in saying, I am thrilled Dark Horse is once again bringing new stories to life, featuring the characters populating this incredible galaxy. I can assure you that we are approaching this legendary franchise with the same passion and dedication that we brought to it for more than two decades. So the fact that they are still trying to give it that same love and affection that we've seen in all of these other Dark Horse comics that we love so much, it it is nice to know that they're going to be putting their own Dark Horse spin on kind of what IDW has started with Star Wars Adventures. Really looking forward to that, and uh, I can't wait to see what Dark Horse is going to do with the comics. And now, there there was also a mention, I don't have it in my notes, but there was also a mention of the upcoming, what's the word I'm looking for? Kind of, I don't want to say reboot, but the relaunch. I guess you could say the relaunch of High Republic. We're, we're going into the Phase 2 in October, guys. So, Dark Horse is going to be starting a, a um, High Republic comic series as well. Quest for the Jedi, I do believe... Uh, is what the the title of it is. I could be, I might be misquoting that title, but I believe it's Quest of the Jedi, Quest of the Jedi, I think. And Claudia Gray is writing it. So 
the there was a little bit of talk on there as well. Looking forward to seeing what she can bring to the table with these comics and with High Republic. Really excited to see what Phase 2 is going to look like uh, for High Republic. So that is there as, as well, but I didn't have that in my notes. Uh, but I wanted to cover that as well. Vanity Fair uh, dropped a massive article on us this past week. And when I say a massive article, I mean... There was stuff getting talked about in this that I, I'm i freaking out over how much information they actually gave us uh, in this, especially the week before Celebration. You know what I mean? Where we're supposed to be getting a lot more info on some of the stuff that we're getting talking, you know, that we're getting these articles, these, these interviews about. And the fact that we're getting all of this information before Celebration really has me pumped for Celebration, thinking it's going to be a massive one. Because why would you blow your proverbial load in a Vanity Fair article when you've got your Star Wars convention, you know, like a week and a half after the article comes out. Yeah, and I know the article, the interviews all took place in March, two months before Celebration. But the fact that they're saying, you know, we're going to release this article two weeks before Celebration, and you don't drop any bombs in the article, you're going to drop them all at Celebration, and this article was as good as it was, it's got me pumped for Celebration. It really does. Uh, So... Let's unpack this a little bit at a time. There's a lot here, guys, and I, I want to take my time. I don't want to miss anything. I want to go through it just a little bit here and there and, and, and go through it. So let's start with the the most cut-and-dry thing that we can talk about out of this article, Andor. So we know the Andor series is coming this year now. They did confirm during this interview that Andor will be arriving late summer 2022. I'm wondering if this is going to be after She-Hulk, because I think She-Hulk is, what, August, toward the end of August? She-Hulk, let's say, that runs through September. You're getting into fall at that point. Maybe this Andor will be the series that comes out before She-Hulk? I don't I don't know. You're talking about July, you know, which is kind of midsummer, July into August. I guess you could, I guess you could constitute that as late summer. So it, it, it's either going to be, in my opinion, either going to be the series right before or right after Marvel's She-Hulk. Really looking forward to Andor. You guys who have been listening to me for a while and listening to this podcast, to this channel, listening to Usuf and I, you guys know that I am really over the moon for Andor, more so than I think a lot of people are. I think Andor's being slept on quite a bit. This is a show that I'm really looking forward to. Some of the information that came out about Andor is that this is going to be a refugee story. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to what this show has to bring to the table and, you know, as a political thriller, as as a spy thriller, I guess I should say, not a political thriller necessarily, but as a spy thriller. And to see brought to life some of those things Andor was talking about in Rogue One, about how he and his friends in the Rebel Alliance have done things they're not proud of and things that, you know, are in that moral gray area. Things that we saw him do in Rogue One, you know, when he shoots his informant in the back. Things like that. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting some more information on Andor. We know he was on the Separatist side during the Clone Wars. You know, there's there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to Andor. Uh, and they did confirm that it's coming late summer 2022. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Obi-Wan Kenobi since it's the next show coming out. And uh, this, this is... Everything that Kathleen Kennedy dropped about this show are things that excite me. They, they really get me excited about this show, even more so than I already was. And, and it confirms a lot of what 
you know, we've been saying here at the Canon Podcast for a while about what we thought was kind of the situation with Obi-Wan and everything like that. Uh, so Kathleen Kennedy was quoted in, in talking about Obi-Wan. This is what uh, Kennedy had to say. She says, I think what Deborah's done really effectively is she's explored the interior life of Obi-Wan because we find Obi-Wan at a point when he thinks he's killed Anakin. He is at a pretty low point when we find him. He's questioning who he is. I think she does a really great job of having him find that humanity again. There's so much I can't tell you. Uh, so I've been saying for the longest time, one of the things I really wanted to see in this show was Obi-Wan find out that Anakin is still alive, right? That he was left, that he left Anakin for dead. And this entire time for the last 10 years, Obi-Wan thought Anakin was dead. And now we find out that Obi-Wan is going to find out in this series that Anakin is still alive. We saw in that last trailer, you know, when Vader's being put together and you see that, that, chest plate plugged into him which is still crazy it still blows my mind how it's plugged into him and not just strapped on but Obi-Wan is sitting there and you know they may have edited it differently but I can just see Obi-Wan sitting there watching Anakin suit up and basically showing Obi-Wan look at what you made me this is what you did to me I blame you for this you know so I it's really cool to get that kind of information about this show especially going right along with that clip that we got that I was talking about a few moments ago we're really gearing up for an awesome season of an awesome summer, awesome Star Wars summer. So really looking forward to Obi-Wan. We got a little bit of information on the Acolyte as well. This is a series that really hasn't had anything dropped on it whatsoever other than when it was first announced, what, a year and a half, almost two years ago now. I think it's been a year and a half. When Kathleen Kennedy did the investors call and she said, you know, labeled all these new shows that were coming out in the Acolyte. That's kind of the only information that we've really gotten on it. Now they're starting to pull the veil back a little bit. We're getting closer and closer. We're, I think we're going to get a lot more information about it at Celebration. Uh, but for right now, for this weekend, this is what we have. We have now got a confirmation where it takes place on the timeline. It is set 100 years before the events of The Phantom Menace. So we can place it on the timeline now that it will be kicking off 100 years before. And it, and it really dispels everything that I've been saying for a while. I really thought... This was going to be a Palpatine show. Matter of fact, we just talked about it on last week's episode, on the last episode of the Canon Podcast. I thought this was going, this could possibly be a Palpatine story, but if it's a hundred years back, it may not be. So, no, it can't be. Um, but it's right at the waning years of the High Republic, so it's really cool that we're getting a High Republic live action series. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was quoted in talking about the uh, the series. She says. Uh, that one sits right on the edge of the High Republic era. It's a bit of an experiment for us because it isn't building within the timeline and the era that John and Dave are. It isn't necessarily going to be where features are. We are moving into a new era with that, uh, with, with what showrunner Leslie Headland is doing. There are clearly, I'm sorry, there are certainly reflections of things that people are going to recognize, and it will have connectivity in Star Wars, but this will be a whole new era of storytelling if we determine, like we did with The Mandalorian, that it works and that there's interest. I think there will be. So they're going, they're looking at this thing to see how it's received, how we're going to look at it and go, you know what? Do we want a season two of this? Do we want to keep going with this era? Is this a, is this a time period that people really care about that is really landing with audiences? You know what I'm saying? So, and, and what she says, this is new. This is a whole new era for them. 
This is the first time that they've taken something other than a comic or a novel in this time period and was like, you know, let's just see where it goes. You know, they're experimenting with it. And that's how you find out in business and in, in, in this kind of business what works and what doesn't. Yes, there's a lot of money. It's a risk taking that risk. Putting out a, a project or, a, you know, a film or a series or anything like that, a product that may not land well. You have to take these risks, and sometimes those risks pay off. Look at how it paid off with The Mandalorian. You know what I'm saying? So really looking forward to what they have to offer for The Acolyte. And the fact that it's 100 years out, awesome. Like You know, like she said, there's going to be some of that connectivity there to what we already know, but not necessarily a lot of it, you know. Uh, I read in the article as well how they were talking about this is an era of enlightenment for the Jedi, where they kind of pull back from the... Uh, public view and kind of, you know, house themselves in their Jedi temple as monks, as we know them basically in the classic Star Wars films and the prequel films, uh, that, that same kind of that, that, that same order, right? How would they kind of do that transition? And they, they're not getting their hands dirty as much. They're not getting as involved as they should be looking forward to that as well. So the acolyte, uh, is set a hundred years before, and uh, there was really no release date on when it was coming out, but I'm assuming, of course, you know what happens when you assume you make an ass out of you and me. Uh, I'm assuming that this is going to be like a late 2023 show. I'm, I'm thinking. So uh, if I was to bet anything, I'm going to say then, because we have a lot coming out this year. I don't think you guys realize how much is coming out this year. So I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be, a 2023 thing. It just feels like it would be a 2023 project. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy went on during this interview to talk a little bit about the feature films is what I think what everybody is really asking about right right now. Uh, and we did get confirmation that the next Star Wars film to be released will be Taika Waititi's film. Still no information on it. No idea what time period it is, the title, Nothing. I'm sure that will change next week at Celebration. I'm sh- I guarantee there's no way we're going this Celebration without finding out the title of Taika Waititi's film. There's no way. So, for now, all we know is Taika Waititi's film is the next film to be released. And I think, if I remember right, I don't want to look it up right now. I don't want to take time from the show. Uh, I think Disney released a, a, I guess you could say, a release schedule several months ago about some feature films they got over the next few years. There were Star Wars films on there, and I'm pretty sure, if I'm wrong, correct me. Please correct me, because I'm pretty sure they did say that there's going to be a Star Wars film in 2023, December of 2023. So if Taika Waititi's film gets announced at Celebration this year, it's going to be 2023 uh, next year. Uh, But what's interesting is they pushed Rogue Squadron back a little bit, which... Sucks because I was really looking forward to Rogue Squadron, but they didn't say that they're not doing it. They just said they're kind of putting it on side burner for now, waiting and seeing how this story is going to take place. Because finally, what I've been saying for what now, two, three years, is finally happening. Star Wars has a roadmap. They finally sat down and decided to do a freaking plan to figure out where they wanted to go with these films. And the reason that Rogue Squadron film got put to the side was because it may not match up with what they want to do, which is fine with me. That's that's great. If they want if they have a roadmap, don't push a film out and tweak it to fit your your interests just for the sake of putting it out. Do it for the you know, do do the story you want to tell. And if that film is not part of that story, then don't put that film in that story. So, I think they've learned a lot, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. 
but here's what Kathleen Kennedy had to say about the Taika Waititi film. Uh, she said, we have a roadmap. Thank God. Sorry. I just, I, I'm really excited. They finally pulled their heads out of their asses and decided to make a plan. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy says, we have a roadmap. I would say that Taika's story fits more specifically into that. Rogue Squadron, we kind of pushed off to the side for the moment. Patty is developing a script, the script further. Then we will talk about how that connects to the central spine that we're working on. There's a couple of filmmakers that we've been in conversation with over quite a long period of time that I'm hoping will come in and make the overall commitment that John and Dave have made. That's ideally what I would love to see happen in the future space. This, for me as a Star Wars fan, this is the best possible thing you can hear out of the president of Lucasfilm. This is the absolute best thing you can hear. This should get everybody excited, whether you liked the sequel films or not. Because remember, I'm not a fan of them. Whether you like the sequel films or not, this should excite you. The fact that they listened to us and they said, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should have had a plan. We didn't. Let's sit down and come up with a plan. Because look at how well it's working with High Republic. There's a plan for High Republic, even just over novels and comics. And it's working really well. Bring that same that same technique into the films. And the fact that she says, you know, that they've been talking to some filmmakers for quite a long time, hoping that they'll make that long-time commitment, yes. Yes. The fact that you're looking for filmmakers that are going to sign on for the long haul for these projects and not just do two movies and pass it off to the next person and hope that they still continue. No, don't do that. You do, you're, you're, you're going down the right path. Right now, Disney is, they've, they've adjusted course and it's in the right freaking direction, and they're going. That that's that's what we like to see. The the fact that she's here's the thing too. They announced Rogue Squadron a year and a half ago as the next film, right? The fact that they're even taking that film and saying, you know what, let's move it over here for right now because it doesn't match with what we're doing now. We can always come back to Rogue Squadron, but for now, let's just let's work on our main spine, as what she said, the spine, and then we'll see if there's a way to bring Rogue Squadron into it. And if not, cool. But if there is, we can try to make it work. But that tells me that they've got an actual plan, and I love it. You know, we, we see it right now with the TV shows. Uh, you know, there was this big article. I shouldn't say article. There was this, I guess it was an article, uh, what, two or three weeks ago? Everybody was talking about how the TV shows are all, there's going to be an heir to the Empire adaptation for Disney+. Plus. Oh, not necessarily, but you guys have the right idea. It's going to be Thrawn. And we've been saying that here for, what, two years now? year and a half, ever since that that investor's call where Kathy Kennedy said, you know, all of our shows are going to climax into one massive event. I think everybody, I think that kind of went over everybody's heads at the time. I caught on to that. I was like, no, this is going to be awesome. All those shows are going to come together into one massive thing, and it's going to be mind-blowingly amazing. I And, and, and the moment they announced the Ahsoka series, and then in Mando season two, when Ahsoka was looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, the moment she said Grand Admiral Thrawn, I knew it. At that moment, that's going to be the big event. That's it. That's what all of these shows are building towards is Thrawn. I get why everybody wants to call it an heir to the Empire adaptation. I get it. I totally, that's the closest thing that this thing is going to end up being. And, and, and I'm not going to argue with you on that because you're, you're right. That's going to be the closest thing that this is going to resemble but I don't know if I want to call it an heir to the empire adaptation at all I think it's going to be its own thing I think it's 
going to be close. It's going to you're obviously going to be able to tell that there was inspiration from the Heir to the Empire trilogy in this event coming up. I, I think that's a given. Uh, but that would be like calling the Rebels series the Dark Forces video game. I mean, it or not. I'm sorry, not Rebel series. Uh, Rogue One. You basically call Rogue One Dark Forces. Uh, that that's what it was, you know. So it, it's going to be its own thing. It's you're going to have the legend version of it, and then you're going to have the canon version. Everything that did happen. Uh, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that. And the fact that they have the roadmap is just so awesome. I'm sorry, that gets me so excited. Um, and, and you know, if I and if I have to wait two or three years for that to to manifest for it to come to fruition, I'm willing to wait as long as they do a great story. And I think with John and Dave on it, they're going to do that. And, and you know, even with the films, they've got a roadmap for the films now. They've got a roadmap for the series. Like, they they know where they're going with this stuff. Finally. And, and the fact that they kind of pulled back for a little bit. We haven't gotten a film in the last few years. They've really been focusing on TV, which is not a bad thing. But it's kind of like, you know, they say, if you feel like you're not going anywhere, it's because your arrow is getting pulled back. And then when you let go, it just launches, Right. I think that's what's getting ready to happen. They're in the process of pulling that bow back right now. And next week at Celebration, they're going to go and just let go of that sucker, and it's going to fly. I get That's what's going to happen. So uh, really excited to hear these words come out of Kathleen Kennedy's mouth. I think everybody should be, whether you like the sequel films or not, this should be good news to you. This should be amazing news to you. Uh, really looking forward to uh, what that story is going to be. The Kevin Feige film. For how long now? A year? I think a year now there's been rumors that there was going to be a Kevin Feige film. And Kevin Feige, for those of you that don't know, are he's the president of Marvel Studios. Amazing filmmaker. He's an amazing storyteller. He gets how to tell the long story. How to tell this long, massive saga, right? As a matter of fact, I believe he's at a creative retreat right now planning the next 10 years of Marvel films. Awesome. <laughs> That's just awesome. Uh, so there's been rumors that Kevin Feige was going to be working on a, uh, a Star Wars film, which gets a lot of people excited, even if it's a one-off. It's awesome. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was asked during this interview about that film, and this is what she had to say. She said, that's the rumor mill. Kevin, I think, everybody knows, is a huge Star Wars fan. He's clearly been inspired by Star Wars in the way in which he's handled Marvel. I know he's got a lot on his plate right now. I would love to see at some point what movie he might come up with, but right now, no. There isn't anything specifically on the horizon. So she kind of dispelled those rumors a little bit and and basically said, you know, no, that's that's not actually happening. I think that there may have been something in the process, and there still might be in the future. I'm not saying this isn't going to happen, but it, you know, it. I think right now, I think everybody took just this little tiny nugget of info and ran with it. And it just turned into this big story that he was going to be doing one. Because how many articles have I seen that was talking about, here's all the upcoming Star Wars films we know of. Uh, you know, you've got Taika Waititi's film. You've got Rogue Squadron. The Kevin Feige-led film. Like, that's on all the lists. And does it need to be there, though? You know what I'm saying? So, uh, I know that they've got a roadmap. That's what the important thing is. They've got a roadmap. They know where they're going with this stuff. And she just said that she wants filmmakers that's going to be able to sign up for the long haul, for a massive story, and to really stick with the project and run with it. Kevin Feige's not able to do that right now. He's balls deep in, in Marvel, you know? So it's he's not going to be that kind of filmmaker she's looking for that can do that long commitment. 
there are other filmmakers out there. So I don't think the Kevin Feige thing might end up being a one-off, which is cool. I'll take it. I will absolutely take it. Uh, but I'm not holding my breath for that one at all. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, for those of you guys who have been following the podcast for a while, you know I'm, I wasn't a massive fan of Solo. You know, it was, it was an all right film. It was, I'm not saying it was horrible, but I'm, you know, it, it was, it was all right. And, you know, it, it grows on me the more and more I watch it, but it's, it's one of those that I'm just like, okay, that was a pretty good Star Wars movie. It wasn't bad at all. There was uh, some talk about the solo film during this interview as well. Kathleen Kennedy talked about it a little bit. She said, uh, I think back. And Solo was one of the first ideas that came up when the company was sold. One of the first people I went to was Larry Kasdan. Larry and I have known each other forever. He was so excited to tell that story. We genuinely believed at the time it was a good idea. So yeah, there should be moments along the way when you learn things. That may have certainly been a learning moment. Some people have talked about how, well, maybe Solo should have been a TV show. But even doing Solo as a TV show without Harrison Ford as Han Solo, it's the same thinking. Maybe I should have recognized this before. We would never make Indiana Jones without Harrison Ford. Having just finished the fifth movie, I can tell you, there wasn't a day I wasn't on set where I wasn't like, yes, this is Indiana Jones. Maybe I'm closer to the DNA of Indy and always have been than I was when I came into Star Wars because now it does seem so abundantly clear that we can't do that. You can, or I'm sorry, you get excited by these things and you want to revisit things you want. You want to have that feeling again and you're trying to resurrect that. I think that's what we do even with our new characters. With Star Wars, everybody talks about a feeling they have about Star Wars. That's the intangible idea that you're looking for. So there was some regrets there about doing Solo and recasting Han Solo, even a younger version of him in, in Alden Ehrenreich. Don't get me wrong. I really liked Alden Ehrenreich as a young Han Solo, but I see where she's coming from. I get where you know these comments are coming from, especially now with the deepfake technology they're using for like Luke Skywalker and the Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett. I, I get it. even in the Rise of Skywalker when they did young Luke and Leia doing their their duel. I get it. I get where she's coming from, and the fact that she's saying this means that they are really taking a lot of the public's opinions. They're looking at forums. They're looking at Facebook posts. They're lo they're looking at YouTube channels, and they're seeing how people are reacting to this stuff. And they're they're adjusting course. I think they're finally starting to see that, and. This brings up an interesting point, though, because when we were talking about this in the 1138 chat last week, or maybe it was this week, I think it was this past week, Nick Albers brought up a really good point. If this is the stance they're taking now on recasting young actors for classic roles, what is going to be the status of the Lando series now that they've announced with uh, Donald Glover? So, you know, they recast Lando as well. Yeah, they talked a lot about Han Solo in this, you know, in this article, but they didn't say anything about Lando. Lando was recast as well. And are we still getting that series? Or, you know, is it going to be... What was this, What's the Lando series even? I think we're all assuming that Donald Glover is involved with it. 
and it's going to have young Lando in it as well, and Billy D as as you know the the older Lando. But is that still happening now? Because if these if this is how she feels about recasting classic characters, you you can't recast Lando now. You can't have somebody come in and do a younger version of Lando. Ironically enough, nowhere in this article was there anything said about Lando. Nothing. Not a damn thing was said about it. And so I'm wondering, and, and, and time will tell. Maybe they'll say something about it at Celebration. I don't know, but for right now, the week before, as of the week before Celebration, as of this moment, uh, I'm sitting here going, I'm betting this thing is getting put on the back burner. I bet the Lando series is going to get put back. Or it's going to, they're going to change the way they're going to do it. You know, they're going to adjust course a little bit, kind of adjust their aim, change the tech. Maybe they're going to deep fake Lando. I don't I don't know, you know, so I, it's interesting now. Nick brought up a really good point asking that question, and I've been sitting here trying to think about it for the last few days, and I, I got nothing. So uh, let me know, guys, in the comment section of this YouTube video, if you're watching on YouTube, on this podcast, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, anywhere else, let me know. I'd like to see your guys' uh, opinions on this and kind of hear your thoughts on do you think the Lando series is still going to happen or if they're going to change the way they're going to do it based off of this interview alone. Let me know. I'd like to hear you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, and one more thing out of this entire article that I really wanted to bring up was uh, the Ryan Johnson trilogy. It did get a little bit of a mention. And we've, you know, been thinking for the last, what, four years now, three years, where is this thing? Like, Because I know there's a lot of people that don't want it to happen who are probably going to be laughing because it doesn't happen. And that's fine. You, you like what you like. You don't like what you don't like. Uh, but basically, that trilogy is set on the back burner right now, and the reasons that they gave were uh, because uh, he, of how busy he is with Knives Out and with Netflix and his multi-film deal. We'll see, because the uh, I don't know if I buy that. The, the Ryan Johnson trilogy was announced well before the whole Netflix thing came up with Knives Out when they made the deal with him, the multi-film deal. So... It's like you can't sign a contract with Lucasfilm saying, yeah, I'm going to do this trilogy or be in talks with them and then go over here and do this and just say, oh, you know, you just can't do it. So I I think this is something that she she didn't say canceled. She hasn't said anything about being canceled. Remember when the Boba Fett film, when that thing was still happening and they ended up canceling it, they came out and said, no, that is dead. That's DOA. We're not doing it. That's it's It's over. They haven't said it with Ryan Johnson's trilogy yet. It may end up happening, but they haven't said it yet. Kind of like with Rogue Squadron, they still want to keep that idea, but they just haven't. They just haven't pulled the trigger on it. They want to put it over here, and they want to say, "Hey, just we'll just wait and see how that turns out." Uh, so for right now, I think we can table all discussion of Ryan Johnson's trilogy, and who knows? Maybe you know celebration two or three years from now they may come out and say, "Hey guys, remember that trilogy we were talking about with Ryan Johnson?" And you're going to hear people, going, "Oh crap!" I guarantee you're going to. Uh, but it's I, I think it's I think it's going to end up being DOA to be completely honest. But for right now, they said it's on the back burner. Uh, and that and, and look, the article was a lot bigger than this. There was a lot more in it than just what I've talked about. But I just kind of pulled the bullet points out of it. I didn't want to talk about the entire article you guys can go read it for yourselves you guys can check out the uh the the quotes yourselves uh, and they had a lot of photos with it too the cover art for that article was amazing absolutely amazing all the photos vader is just looks absolutely gorgeous in those shots it looks awesome 
so definitely head over there and check out that article. Uh, you guys won't be disappointed. There's a there's a just so much there, just a plethora of of information. So and the fact, like I said before, the fact that it came out the week before celebration, we're gonna get some massive stuff at celebration. I guarantee it. So uh, that basically covers the Vanity Fair article. A uh, very very cool uh, article. The villain bracket. Let's get into the villain bracket for this week. Last week we. Uh, we put up, I think it was Greedo and Fennec Shand. And you guys voted on our YouTube channel. You guys voted on our Facebook page. You voted on Twitter. You guys even voted on Spotify. Right here, if you guys are listening on Spotify. And the clear winner is Fennec Shand. Now, remember, you guys were voting not for who would win in a fight, but who was the cooler character. Fennec Shand did out uh, cool, I guess you could say, Greedo. Uh, so that is our winner this week. This week, though, I need to pull it up because I have yet to pull up the uh, wheel, the the wheel of names. Let's do this. We are going to pick our next two contenders for this week. Remember, we're talking bounty hunters right now. Uh, so I'm going to have to add one more name in this next week because there's only five names right now. Uh, but let's get into this. Let's find out who our next uh, two contenders are going to be for this week. And it's looking like Forlom is going to be the first one for this week. And who is Forlom going up against? Let's find out. Uh, it's going to be IG-88. That's kind of cool. We're getting two droids going head-to-head. So Forlom and IG-88 will be your guys' picks this week. So go vote on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and if you're listening on Spotify, you can vote there as well. Not for who would win in a fight, but who is the cooler character, IG-88 or Forlom. I'm kind of excited to see the results of this one, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to the other 1138 guys and see who's going to win, because both these guys are cool as far as I'm concerned, and especially with Forlom popping up in the Obi-Wan trailer, I'm I'm excited, so I think that's, that's pretty... Uh, I think that's pretty appropriate. So those are your results, or I'm sorry, your bracket. This is your bracket for this week, uh, for Lom and IG88. Uh, let's get into uh, a mailback question. I've only got one picked out for this week because of how much we had to talk about uh, with the Vanity Fair article. Uh, let's get into mailback question. How do you get a, a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast? You simply shoot it to us in an email at starwarscanonpodcast at gmail.com, or you can send us a message through 1138productions.com slash contact we'll go through each week and uh find the ones that tickle our fancy and we'll, we'll get them on the show and uh let you guys know our thoughts on them now i'll give you guys a little bit of a tip on getting your question on the on the podcast this week when i went through the article or i'm sorry through the uh, uh emails uh, probably 80 percent of them were vanity fair questions and stuff that we were going to talk about on the show anyway if you guys want to get a question on a podcast make it you know i, I I'm sure you have a certain question, but try to make it about something that we don't normally talk about, and we may catch our fancy a little bit more. Like this one in particular, I think we have talked about it before, um, but not in great depth, not in the way that I'm, I'm going to tonight, but uh, this one did jump out. So uh, that is how you guys get a question on the Star Wars Canon Podcast. This week, like I said, I've got the one just because of how long the, the article that we were talking about was. Uh, so let's get into it. Christy Norton has written in, and Christy says, Hey, Brian and Yusuf, just found your podcast through a friend, and I love you two. You tell us what's going on in the universe and your opinions on those events, 
but also go out of your way to tolerate opinions that differ from your own. I'm currently listening to your older episodes and content and love how this channel has evolved from how it started. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much for the kind words, Christy, and we're really glad uh, that you found the show and uh, that, that you enjoy it so much. Thank, thank you very much for those kind words. Brian, I've heard you mention in some of your older videos that Kylo and Ray were cousins. I was wondering if you could elaborate on that and how you think they are related. I think it would be fascinating if they were. Thank you for taking my question, and may the Force be with you. Thank you so much for the question, Christy. And yeah, we, we've talked a little bit about how, uh, first off, you guys know where I'm at with the sequel films. You guys know I wasn't a mass, I didn't like Rise of Skywalker. I liked the sequel films up until Rise of Skywalker came out, and none of it made any sense. So I, I, I've got my opinion about the sequels, and, and I don't think that's any secret. With the Rey and Kylo thing, when I went and saw Rise of Skywalker for the first time, that kiss between them, I knew immediately it wasn't like a romantic kiss. It wasn't, it wasn't like a, you know, an I love you kiss. It wasn't one of those. Basically, that kiss was a, you, you came to help. Thank you. You know, and that was, that was a, a, celebra a celebratory kiss, I guess you could say, right? It's kind of what I, I got from it. There's no way Ray had feelings for him. There's no way. Um, but all that being said, yes, uh, if you go back and look at some of the comic books that have come out in just the last couple of years, since Rise of Skywalker came out, there's a lot that kind of points towards there being some shared DNA there. The reason I kind of tend to believe it, right? I don't remember exactly what issue number it was. But in the current Darth Vader run right now, the one that's running right now, I, like I said, I don't remember what issue number it was. There's an issue where Vader ends up on Exegol. And Palpatine is showing him, basically, Exegol and the cloning facility and all of this stuff, right? And in one of the vats of, you know, these different specimens and all this stuff, there is a severed right hand. Now, that right hand has never been... They've never come out directly and said, that is the hand of Luke Skywalker. They've never done that. They've never come out and said that. But it is heavily implied. It is so ridiculously heavily implied that I'm convinced, completely, 100%, that it, that is the severed hand of Luke Skywalker. How they got it, I don't know. No idea. But if you guys think that's stupid, they also did that in the EU. They had Luke's severed hand and they made Luke out of Luke's severed hand. So it's not like it's a new concept. They they just did a canon version of it now. But that is, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that's Luke Skywalker's hand. And remember in Mandalorian, right, the reason the cloning facility wanted Grogu was because of his high M count, his high metachlorian count. They needed a specimen with high metachlorians. We also saw in that series later on there were cloning vats with some disfigured clones, uh, things that could have been early prototypes of like a Snoke, of a Palpatine clone, they, you know, some of that. There's also, you know, at the end of Bad Batch, there was that little tease of Mount Tannis with the cloning facility in Mount Tannis. So we're getting ready to get this big cloning thing going on, right? But 
they needed a high metachlorian count specimen to make these Palpatine clones. Basically, the vessels couldn't hold his essence. They were just rotting away. They were deteriorating because there was no metachlorian counts there. And so they needed something with a high metachlorian count. Luke Skywalker's got a wicked metachlorian count. And if they got that severed hand, and remember, it would have been cauterized. I guess it would have been this hand. It would have been cauterized. So all the blood, everything would have been trapped inside that hand. It wouldn't have bled out. All of that, the metachlorians are there. If Palpatine's clones, remember, this is a big if. This is why I believe that they are related in a weird kind of way, right? Before I Actually, before I go into this, I think it's safe to say we consider, because we talked about this a little bit on an episode uh, several weeks ago. If we consider a clone to be a son, right? Think about Jango and Boba for a second. We consider Boba Fett the son of Jango Fett, even though he is a clone. Bo-Katan may not, you know, he was a donor, not his father. But you know what I'm saying? That If, if that's what we're saying, right, is that they, that was his father, that was his son. This clone of Palpatine that ended up being Ray's father was produced in a way that used Luke Skywalker's DNA. Now, I, I don't know to what extent how much of the DNA, if it was just the midichlorians, but there is some DNA there. There is definitely some Luke Skywalker DNA there. And so, and, the, and there was Palpatine DNA. Palpatine, Luke Skywalker DNA come together, make a baby, right? You, you make this clone of Palpatine with a strong metachlorian count. Why they couldn't get the metachlorian count from... Well, I guess, you know, I was getting ready to say why they couldn't get it from Palpatine, but I guess Palpatine's original body was, you know, down the reactor. So I, I'll i take that that little remark back. But they, they had this clone body of Palpatine that they basically had some of his, you know, D, some of his DNA, and they took some of his DNA and some of Luke Skywalker's DNA and made this, this clone daddy, clone daddy, Ray daddy, right? Which I think now they've come out and said his name was Dathan, Danthan, Dathan, I think, Dathan. Anyway, if... I think it's Dathan. We'll say, uh, let's say his parents were Luke and Palpatine. I mean, what else could you say? His parents were Luke Skywalker and Sheev Palpatine. Those are the two DNAs that came together to make him. That would make Rey Luke Skywalker's granddaughter as well. In a way. In a way. Not, not directly, but in a way, it would make Rey Luke Skywalker's granddaughter. Palpatine's granddaughter as well. That's kind of where that's coming from. And we know that Ben was the nephew of Luke Skywalker. So that would make those two second cousins. And that's kind of where I'm at with it. That's the, There was obviously Luke Skywalker. And they may not end up be, being cousins. That may not be exactly the, the term to use. But there there's shared DNA there. And I don't know if they meant to do that when they were doing the film... When they were writing, I don't think they realized that that's what they were doing. You know, I I don't even think they knew at that time that that's what the Palpatine clones came from was Luke's severed hand. But now that they've done that, that is kind of the route that it's taken and is kind of, they have shared DNA. So I I call them second cousins. That is what I refer to them as. And, and, and I stand by that because that's, that, that's, like I said, that's just where I'm at. So... Uh, if you guys think I'm wrong, if I'm missing something somewhere, please comment and let me know because I want to get this straight. If I'm wrong somewhere, let me know. So 
Uh, comment below. Let me guys, let me know what you guys think. Are these two related? Are they not related? Are they uh, just just let me know because it's weird as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I would love to hear everybody's thoughts on that. But Christy, that is kind of where I'm at. That is why I say yes, they're related. They're second cousins. That's the reasoning behind it. And and I didn't have that reasoning until that comic issue came out. I'm like, ooh, crap. Uh, it's just kind of interesting, you know. And it, actually, if you want to take it a step further, we'll take it one step further. And this is a big if. This is a massive if because we've never had this confirmed. If I think I think it's safe to say we all assume that Palpatine and Plagueis manipulated the Midichlorians and Shmi Skywalker to create Anakin. I think we've never had that confirmed. We've had strong speculation around it, but we've never had that confirmed. And I know everybody's going to yell at me and say the Vader comic said that was canon. No, it didn't. It was what you saw was Anakin's fears, right? That that that's what happened. It was from a it was that certain point of view thing. It was from Anakin's point of view. So we've never actually had it confirmed. A matter of fact, I think George Lucas said that you that when you know when he sold Disney, they could not elaborate on that. They had to leave it a mystery. So if Palpatine did that, that means he created the Skywalkers as well. And which would end up making Palpatine Anakin's daddy, make Palpatine Luke's granddaddy, which would make Ray his great great is that right? Great great granddaddy and granddaddy like it's weird you know and kylo's in there somewhere too same family that means all of them were created from the same circle so uh just saying there's more than one way to look at it where they are all related same dna thing but i'm leaning more towards the severed hand one than i am the the second one so i hope that answers your question and you're right it is very fascinating it's weird how you can sit down and look at some some of this stuff and see how it's uh connected and yes i can already hear people saying that's a stretch brian you're right it is a stretch but it's still there let's i mean even if you stretch a rubber band out the ends are still connected it doesn't matter how far out it's stretched it, they're still they're still connected so um let me know what you guys think i would love to hear everybody's thoughts on that keep it civil you guys know how i am you got to keep it civil uh because i will delete people who make rude comments or intolerant contents you know what i'm saying uh, comments you know what i'm saying so uh, I hope that answers your question, Christy. Uh, and that should do it for this week's episode of the Star Wars Canon Podcast. It was a massive one this week. Guys, next week is Celebration. Uh, we may not do an episode of the Canon, Pro uh, Canon Podcast proper. Uh, we usually record on Thursday nights. We may not do one this coming week just because Thursday is going to be the first day of Celebration. And we've got a massive panel. So what's probably going to end up happening is come. I'm probably going to come home from work and we're just going to sit down and just do a big video talking about celebration that day instead of doing the podcast. And then we'll get through celebration. We'll do a bunch of videos throughout celebration, talking about everything. And then the week after we'll just throw it all together and give our thoughts on everything. I think that's going to be the best way to do it. So, uh, don't be looking for an episode of the podcast next week, but if you guys are listening to this on a podcast platform and you don't really check out the video version of everything, head over to our YouTube channel and, uh, hit subscribe there and, and, Hit that, what's, what's the thing called? The ring bell, I think. I'm not real big on hitting ring bells on, on YouTube personally because my phone just dings all the all the damn time from all my subscriptions. But hit that notification bell, and uh, we're going to be doing some content this weekend talking about everything as it comes out. Like I said, I think it's going to be some massive news, uh, and uh, I'm really, really looking forward to it. So 
Uh, make sure to subscribe on YouTube. And if you guys are already subscribed to the YouTube channel, if that's where you're watching us right now, that's awesome. Stay tuned because I think there's some cool stuff coming. Uh, don't forget we're here every week talking about our favorite thing in the world of Star Wars on Acre.fm, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, and more. Sorry, I had a little bit of a brain fart there. Be sure to visit 1138 Productions where you can listen in on this show, The Marvel Cast. And you can tune in for 1138 Gaming as well. If you'd like to support us and our content, please check out patreon.com slash 1138productions. You guys can uh, show some love there. You'll also gain access to exclusive content there as a thank you for supporting us. All those links can be found in the description of this episode on whichever platform you're listening in on. Until next week, this is Brian signing off. Keep it civil, and may the Force be with you guys.